Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You're listening to The Extra Point Show on WGR Sports Radio 550. Happy Friday, everyone. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt filling in here on the Extra Point Show. Zach Paccio has the day off, and we decided to kick Jody Biasi out. I mean, he had four hours. It's our turn. Yeah, it's hey. our turn. So we're hanging out here as uh, it's the first football Friday that does not have the Bills playing the rest of the year. It didn't really hit me until Jeremy said that this morning, and I was like, hmm. Man, yeah, that sucks. Because I mean, we've had football Fridays where they have the bye week. You know, they're not going to play that week. But you know, the season's still going. This is the first football Friday though, where the 2023 season is over with. It's done. I was lost because I I usually make those opens for Friday mornings, and I got here today. Like, you know, I, I whenever I do that, I get here earlier than I normally do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I got here earlier than I normally do, and I was like, oh wait a minute, I don't have to do that today. And then I was a little sad. <laughs> yeah, well, because you get in such a rhythm, and, and I was kind of feeling it too, like, just like, you know, I'm, I look, I, we work the Bills games and stuff like that, so we don't get to enjoy them typically as fans, and so there is that feeling of, like, cool, like, I've got my weekends free, like, and all that, like, of course <laughs> right, there's that right. feeling. But I also had this kind of waking up, I want to say, like, Wednesday or Thursday, of just, like, I'm going to miss that feeling of, like, I, I'm in yeah. my routine, they were on a winning streak, did it feel sustainable? Not totally not necessarily the entire time but it was like they're they're figuring it out they're the two seed Kansas City looks weak they did beat Pittsburgh I mean that could have gone any different ways because the Bills in the wild card round have typically not blown teams out they I mean they did the one time with the perfect game but outside of that I mean you had 75 year old Philip Rivers causing many in Buffalo heart palpitations I mean you had Skylar Thompson so it's not like the wild card round has been like easy peasy they get through Pittsburgh and early on with the Chiefs, it felt like, oh, this is different. Like, they've got this. They, like, they, like, they look good. And then the rest of the game happened, and it was, you know, it was very clear they did not have a downfield passing game. Even with some of the dots Allen was throwing, Sherfield, just what a swing and a miss by the Bills' front office to bring him in. Yes, only on a one-year deal, but I think there was a hope that he would be in on a one-year deal, and then they would re-sign him to maybe two or three because he hit. Uh, I was somebody that was very excited for him. He did uh, overall nothing except for make one kind of crazy play in the Dolphins game, which I'm mean, great on him, but it was a relatively crazy play, not something you're going to hang your hat on. It's like, a, hey, we've been waiting for that all year. It was not that. And so now I don't want to say we're kind of lost in the desert a little bit here, but this this offseason has a very important feel to it. Yes, the Chiefs, I know, have a ton of cap space. I know Joe was bringing it up earlier today as well on Twitter. But they that have... also made me very sad. 
I didn't realize they were that far ahead of the Bills in cap space. And with the amount with the two the two big wide receivers that are available this offseason, I'm not okay about that. Like is there a world where they get both Mike Evans and Michael Pittman? No, because I mean, like, it, it's great if they do, but then they're losing Legereus Sneed and Chris Jones, yeah, along along true. with some You're of the right. other guys. Like I think Tranquil's also a UFA and stuff like that. So well, and Jeremy also brought up though, they could cut MVS and save a million dollars, eleven million dollars. Yeah, which they're likely going to do, right? Especially if you sign one of Mike Evans or Michael Pittman. Like, why would you need Marquez Valdez Scantling mm-hmm. on your team? Just kind of there, and Kadarius Tony. See ya. I, oh god. Like, yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. Like that that's done. And so like that's my thing is like yes, they have a ton of cap space, but there was a reason why a lot of us were kind of sitting here going, man, like, man, this is their weakest team in quite a while. It's cuz it is. And they're a team though that's been a, just a bit ahead of the Bills in terms of their sort of rebuild on the fly because they were already an older team or older-ish team when they got Mahomes and started their runs. Kelsey was already in the prime of his career. Tyreek Hill was kind of just popping off. They had other guys. I think McCole Hardman's also going to be a UFA, I think, for them as well. So, I mean, they've had other pieces there that they've kind of been bringing along, and then they had to restart with getting guys like Kadarius Tony in a trade, drafting Sky Moore and drafting Rasheed Rice. That's been my biggest problem, though, with the Bills so far, is that they seemingly waited until they had to act. That has easily been my biggest problem, Josh. It's just like they've they've added defensive players. Great. That's awesome. But I think the one big calling card we've seen from McDermott over the past two years is that when his defense gets hurt, he seemingly elevates himself and goes from one of the best defensive minds in football to maybe the best. Now, eventually, injuries just catch up to you. I'm sorry. You you can complain about the defense against Kansas City all you want. He was down an all-pro linebacker all year, and then a linebacker who completely exploded onto the scene in Terrell Bernard and I think should have at least been a pro bowler also goes down. There's only so much you can do. I mean, you were down all your linebackers. Rasul Douglas was simply not healthy but was healthy enough to play, and your safeties were old. And Travis Kelsey is still Travis Kelsey. Mahomes is still Mahomes. Like, you know, there's only so much you could have done. Well, and that's the interesting thing, too, with Travis Kelsey, especially because you saw all year he was basically invisible. I, I know I drafted him in three mm-hmm. of my fantasy leagues, and I was like, wow, this was useless. Like, why did I waste a second round pick on this guy? I know that might sound oh. a little crazy. Well, but, like... but, but I mean, I, what, what, we went like, I think, seven straight games without him having a touchdown? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It, so, it, so and it he was, had like yeah. he'd have like thirty yards. He was a typical tight end at that point. He was, you know, he'll catch five passes for five yards each, and he'll block for you, and that's great. Yeah, and, he, and he wasn't really anything special. No. And now at the end of the season, all of a sudden, hey, there he is. But also, look, the Bills had their fifth and sixth linebackers in there. AJ Klein was getting ready to go on vacation. Yeah. Like, and that's no disrespect to AJ Klein. He's always been there for the Bills when they need him. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's the it's the fact that you have one of the best players in the league of recent years who was having a down year and kind of just needed a moment to be like, hey, here I am. I'm still that guy. And you kind of just handed it to them. You, yeah. You, oh, oh. But it's at no fault to the Bills. They can't do anything about it. It's not like, oh, Terrell Bernard, you're hurt. Well, you're going to play anyway. Like, you can't do yeah, that. You're going to play anyway. And when you eventually do get God, because you're clearly, you're like, I mean, he was limping. You could see well, yeah, him in videos yeah. that people were posting and stuff like that. Yeah. We're going to then blame you. I mean, like, no, it's not. It, it was never going to be a situation like that. So it's not really like the Bills' fault. But at the same time, I wonder, like, I, 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 the one replay that sticks out in my head about the Bills' defense this game, and this is like one of the only times where I look at it and I go, wow, like, guys, this was bad. Mm-hmm. Terrell Dodson and A.J. Klein both got through. They were both 
unblocked free yeah. runners, and they both went the same spot to try to get Patrick Mahomes. Not and one, you know, one didn't split out wide and one go right down. at him. Both of them got around the line. Both of them got in there, and then neither of them got to the quarterback. They yep. didn't even touch him. Yep. And that's that's partially on hey Patrick Mahomes. He's a mobile guy, but. When you have two linebackers coming at you, when, when, when like, you have that opportunity, you've got to cash in. Yeah, and 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 it's again, it's it's the, you know, yes, you want to get there and you want to get to the quarterback, and hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, we can sit here and say, oh well, they could have done this, they could have done that, but that just seems like so. It seems so elementary to me. Of like, hey, you're right there. Make up your mind and just do it. Just like, get, just, there he is. Yeah. That's the guy with the ball. Go get him. Get him on the ground. I think for me, though, my biggest takeaway was I and and I am somebody, and this may bite me come, you know, April, May, June. Uh, I'm somebody that really did take McDermott's comments in his exit press conference very seriously. I think him outright pointing out and kind of getting very descriptive in how he did cut his teeth with Andy Reid, who was pass first, and that's how he's always been. And to be fair, statistics have shown the Bills have been pass first much of their lifetime with McDermott as head coach. I have to think they're going to add receivers, man. Because like that's my thing. is As beat up as your defense was, your offense was not properly equipped to even slightly keep up with teams. The moment your run game went away, which I don't doubt the theory that I've heard. I've had some callers say, and I've seen it a little bit on Twitter, that they went to the run game almost solely because they knew their defense was too beat up. They had to keep the ball out of opposition's hands because they knew their defense was too beat up. They were going to give up points. And and it kind of, and it kind of showed with Kansas City. It, yeah. like, it really yeah. showed that they knew we're, we're too beat up. We've got to just maintain ball control, score almost every time that we have the ball. But they were just so ill-equipped to take on re- – and, and, and this has been my thing too, and, and maybe it's a negative attitude I'm having and, and maybe I shouldn't have it. In like the third quarter of that game, I sat there and and I've said this on air. I said it on the nightcap earlier this week. Like it, it didn't matter if they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They were going to get blown out by Baltimore, or maybe not get blown out, but they were going to lose. They can't keep up with other offenses. They don't have the weapons. Well, look at Baltimore's offense. Zay Flowers. He, they finally decided insane. to like actually like no, we're going to put all of our resources into getting Lamar everything he can. Yep. And Rashad Bateman hasn't been great, but Zay Flowers, like you brought up, has been awesome to start this year. Here's the thing with the with the Ravens. If the Bills – I think the Bills are the Ravens just a year behind. Look at look at the Ravens over the past few years. You have a great quarterback, and you invested a bunch of money into defense. you got Roquan Smith. you mm-hmm. got Patrick Queen. I think Patrick Patrick's his first name, Yep, right? Patrick yeah. Queen, yep. Yeah. Marlon Humphrey as well. Humphrey. I, I mean, like it, it was like you, they drafted Lamar, and we're like, okay, cool, you owe – we're going to go, gonna go run. Because Greg yeah. Roman was their OC. Right. So but, like that's, but, that was what they were going to do. But now, with the way McDermott has spoken, I'm on the same boat as you, is mm-hmm. put your money where your mouth is, go do it. I, and, and, but, I, exactly. Put your mouth, money where your mouth is because that's my thing. And, and I will be, and I kind of want to say this now because I will be aggressively against them. If come April, really May, because it'll be the end of it, mm-hmm. if we leave that draft and they like drafted one wide receiver in the fifth round or the fourth round, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I'll stop be... putting money in defensive linemen who ultimately your job sh- or your your goal should not be to sack Mahomes five times in a game. He doesn't get sacked. He's a lot like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen in that extent. Yep, they don't go down. Your hope is to force one or two bad plays and to outscore them. That's your hope when it comes. But if, to... but if we're all of a sudden coming, in, and I've seen a few mock drafts real quick. 
look, depending on the context, if I'm seeing a safety going round one and a D tackle going round two, going into Saturday, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. Because it's, again, you're just treating the position like it's not one of the marquee positions in the sport. It's why I wouldn't touch it in free agency. These guys are too expensive. They're right. way too expensive. Well, Mike Evans is 30. He will likely make a huge deal, though, because teams desperately need wide receivers. Carolina is going to get frisky this offseason for the sheer fact that they have no other wide receivers and they have no first-round picks. Yeah. Like they're and they have money. Get, and they have money. And they're going to get obnoxious with it. I wouldn't even be worried about Kansas City. Carolina's going to overpay for people. So is Chicago. Ooh, yeah, Chicago. Chicago's going to go crazy, I feel like. Washington, I think, has like, the most cap space available in the NFL. Do. They also will likely do something a little bit nuts. The one thing I thought was interesting from the Chiefs game, and this also goes into you know how the offense is going to be structured next year and, and, and things like that, is the run game in the first half was fantastic. I loved it. Like I, I will be the first to say that I or not the first to say, but I'll be one of the people to say that, you know, I liked how they were doing that where it was, hey, keep Mahomes off the field, whatever. In the second half, though, they did the same thing and mm-hmm. Kansas City figured it out. Change the game plan. Well, I, but be, I it, be adaptive and, and figure out, hey, look, they know what we're going to do now. Yep. And also, the run game was great, but it should not sacrifice the pass game. You I, should and, be and able to do both. And I agree. They couldn't. They did not have the personnel. That's why you didn't see him change. They did not have the personnel. They came into this year, and I was somebody, I was big. I love the Trent Shurfield edition. I love the Deontay Hardy edition. I was a big fan of the Dalton Kincaid pick. Yeah. I was excited. They did not have the personnel to do it. Shurfield was a waste of time here. So was Hardy. Hardy has another year left on his contract. I would not be surprised if they cut him. Shurfield is going to be a UFA this year. He only had a one-year deal. <laughs> not a chance. Gabe Davis. Your number two receiver can't go games on end where he's averaging a catch a game or none. They did not have the personnel. They let the cookie jar get empty. And that was my one thing that I constantly was banging the drum for with this with this organization, this front office, is you have the elite quarterback. You cannot let them get to a point where they don't have wide receivers. And seemingly, this organization traded a first-round pick for Stephon Diggs and went, Done. And never look back. The highest they've drafted a receiver, Josh, in this regime is the fourth round with Gabe Davis. Yeah. You've gotten great value from a fourth round pick in Gabe Davis. You've gotten great value. But are you kidding me? When you're chasing teams like Kansas City, hell, I'll throw all the NFC teams like San Francisco, like Detroit. You've got to invest in that position. You've got to invest in your quarterback. We got to a point, Josh, where they were talking about they wanted him to run less. And yet you didn't get him receivers? Yeah, it's like, what do you want what him to do What are we thinking then? here? What are right. we doing? So you want him to run less, but we're going to give you lesser weapons. That is that is so galaxy-brained, it is alarming. It is. It is alarming that their entire thing, their entire process here has been perfect. We've got our quarterback. Um, let's build a defense that will get down the rest of the quarterbacks, even though that doesn't work for anybody else because they don't get sacked really that much. But it will work for us. It's that meme. That and it's never worked before, but it just might for us. <laughs> it's just they have convinced themselves. I, I I believe McDermott is forward thinking, but in terms of how he believes he can beat other teams, he is thinking backwards. On the defensive side, I believe he wants to throw the ball to win, but mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the football, I think he is thinking backwards. Let me ask you this: When do you think the Bills should have started drafting quote unquote wide receivers for the future? 
whether that be every that, year. That, well, okay, no, no, no. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. That that I'm not saying like first round guys or like fifth round guys. I'm talking mm-hmm. like the middle of the draft, like second to fourth round. If you look back, 2020 was when they drafted Gabe Davis in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. The next year, they draft Marquez Stevenson in the sixth round. Oh yeah. Oh. The year after that, and that was the only wide receiver in 2021 that they drafted. Mm-hmm. In 2022, they drafted Khalil Shakir. In the fifth round, turning mm-hmm. out to be looks like he's turning out to be good, right? Looks like he's going to be good. Twenty twenty three, last year, Justin Shorter in the fifth round. Like, I I don't I can't sit here and say yeah no they they've been ready to go in all of those other drafts except for last year. Last year they looked at the offensive line and went hey that needs a little bit of attention and Osiris Torrance has been mm-hmm. awesome, but in every other draft that I was just looking at, the only other positions they drafted on offense were. Running back and okay, there's one O lineman in 2023 or 2022. Oh, but me. no, but dude, you're spot on. You're like, I, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. There's one, there's three O linemen in 2021, one of them being Spencer Brown, which hey, that worked out. But I mean, Tommy Doyle is a little unfortunate because you know, injuries and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I, I just, but you're spot on here, man. I, I'm until, looking at, until this last draft, they effectively ignored the offense. Yeah. If I don't, don't give see... me James Cook in the second round, the value of that pick was a disaster. Yeah. And also, you draft him to be a pass-catching back. He can't catch. Look, I love what he's done in the run game. I watched for five straight weeks him drop an open touchdown pass. And they weren't rocket balls. They were being lofted, and he just stopped paying attention. So, again, love what he did, did for the run game. Against, love what he did there. Against Kansas City, though, he, he had five targets, four receptions. For what, 10 yards? 21. So I see what your point is there. <laughs> like, but, I mean, but he's overall, not making big plays in the pass game all that often. Right, I know. But, but like you said, he's doing great in the run game, which is something the Bills have not had over the past how many years? Mm-hmm. Since what? LaShawn McCoy? Yeah, no, I, no like, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> so so there is that. that. There is that. But, but my point being, though, is you have 10 draft picks this year. If five or more of them are not offense, there's a problem. And I'm not saying it's all wide receiver. I'm not saying it's like, you know, I don't want another running back or anything. I don't actually, I don't know. Depending on who's available, I don't want another running back. No. Bring back Ty Johnson, James Cook. I think that's right, Ty Johnson. I think your running back room is great. No, that's right. Because it doesn't need to, in all seriousness, you don't need a stud. And if we're looking for a stud, if you're looking at rushing yards, James Cook's there. He's fine. You also have Naheem Hines coming back from injury. That is right. So, I mean, there's your punt returner or kick returner. I I think Bean even talked about like the. Like, he's going to be part of their plans. Like, right. They have no so, desire to move on from him. Bye, Deontay Hardy. See you later. You're- I just, like, my, my, my problem is, Josh, is as I look at the years they had prior, we, how many times have we talked about, not, not just us, but this station has talked about trying to replace Cole Beasley. Mm-hmm. That, that has been the main talking point for wide receiver for quite a while, is, is replacing Cole Beasley, replacing the, 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 um, the, the, the easy route, just that I can drop it off, get a first down. They've done that with Khalil Shakir. You know they haven't replaced, really? Emmanuel Sanders slash John Brown. I would the number two. I don't know if I would say Khalil Shakir is a perfect like he's it's, it's not a perfect one for one. By the time no, they got because, Beasley, he was an all pro no, no, slot no. receiver. In the sense of Shakir is not he's not in those moments where Beasley was, you know, open right in the middle and like wide open. Shakir is like making these crazy catches that you wouldn't think is possible. He w- he was the best receiver over the last five weeks of football with an eighty six point seven catch percentage. He's been fantastic. He's the best wide receiver in the NFL by seven percent. The the best thing he did for himself insane. was come off on these last five weeks because yeah. I mean like, without a doubt, I, Allen's going to trust him. Part there of there me, were though, multiple throws the, in that Kansas City game that just 
you wouldn't have blamed him if he dropped him. And he made the catches, including that touchdown catch and then one at the goal line where mm-hmm. he's getting sandwiched between a Chiefs defender and the ground and, even if you and go, still makes the catch. Even if you go to the Pittsburgh game, the, yeah. the magical mm-hmm. touchdown that he has. But my point there being, though, is, is that's where I don't see him as a complete Cole Beasy replacement. Yeah. To me, Khalil Shakir is your perfect Gabe Davis replacement. Yeah. Gabe Davis would make those crazy catches and make a play that you didn't think was possible mm-hmm. in that in one year. I mean, it was only the one year, two years ago, or last year, sorry. Mm-hmm. But that's where Khalil Shakir is for me. He's your guy where it's like, hey, we need something special right now. Yeah. Now you need to go get your Cole Beasley. You need to go draft somebody that's going to always be there. See, I, th- I, think, it's, I think it's going to be Shakir and Kincaid. I think, think gonna, so? I think they're going to share that role of being in the middle of the field. You need somebody that can eventually take over for Stephon Diggs. You need a number that's two fair. on the outside. Okay, she, how about Shakir's well, not on the outside. Out, hear me out. Hear me out. You draft your you know middle guy that's always open, second or third round. You draft your Stephon Diggs replacement first round. That's boom. I mean that. Were, I mean, look. look in, in reality, I'm, I'm somebody I, with this draft class. Depending on how the board falls, and and I get that. I, I'm complaining here, but and that's why I've always said, like, with context, if they do go safety and defensive tackle, and there was guys like Troy Franklin or Brian Thomas or Jalen Polk on the board, I'm going to be furious. But if, but if but if they're gone, and it's like guys, it would actually be like malpractice for you to draft like a guy getting ranked in like the late second round here in the first, mm-hmm. and there's a stud safety right there. Fine, then yeah, I, the- I will be okay with it. But then there is going to be the arguments of you've just let nine receivers likely go off the board before you moved. You know, that's mm-hmm. going to be something here. Yeah, they should definitely think about trading up for sure. Well, speaking of that, let's go to the phones. We've got AJ in Amherst on the line. AJ, good morning. How are we doing today? Yo, what's up, y'all? I'm feeling great. Thanks for having me on. I want to say, first off, let's all remember our uh, one of my favorite sump pump songs from the early 2000s hip-hop scene, Joe Budden's Sump pump it up uh that's a good one and uh my, my main question is what i'm thinking is uh i haven't seen this much hype around a wide receiver in a long time marvin harrison jr what do we have to do to ruin our franchise's future to move up and draft this dude shout out to my brother adam at cmu thanks for having me on guys i want to listen keep up the great job Thanks, AJ. Thanks, and AJ. I, I think AJ uh, nailed it on the head with his last point there. Of, uh, <laughs> how would I have to ruin my franchise to get Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr.? Right. There is a reason why you have not seen a receiver hyped up as much as he was. I, I, I am somebody, though, that I did tweet out when the college awards were brought up. I thought Malik Neighbors should have won the Bolitnikoff for college's best receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought he just statistically had a better season than Marvin Harrison Jr. But he had to win that award once in his career because yeah. he might be one of the best modern college receivers ever he is up there in terms of prospect josh if chicago decided to keep fields it's not bad value for them to just take him number one overall well i was just going to say to aj's point if you want the bills to trade up to get marvin harrison jr you're trading for the first overall pick because i don't think chicago is going to pass on him i don't think they should move off of fields because i think the thing is like he i i think they are going to I think they are going to take Caleb Williams, but that's the thing is like if you think Chicago's going to take Caleb Williams? I, I think they're going to take Caleb Williams and trade Fields, but that's the thing is if they want to keep Fields, they're keeping the number one overall pick. Because because well, I don't think they're going to be able to trade to like four or five and still get Harrison Jr. I think they will just keep one and take him. I don't think it'll be bad value. I ultimately do think they're going to trade Fields and take Williams. I think I think if you're Chicago, I think you could trade to three. What's the value at three? If you trade with the Patriots one to three, which I don't think the Patriots would do that. Even the Commanders, if you just trade down, if you're Chicago and you mm-hmm. want to get more assets, because yeah. 
Washington and New England are not going to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. No, no, they're going quarterback. Oh, yeah, so then it becomes like, does does New England want to truly show how different they are, right, trade, trade up to up. one, get Caleb Williams, and then restart their franchise? I, I, how, yeah, I could totally get that. However, with the Bears, they also have the ninth pick. That's right, they do. So they could somehow trade up with that and keep the one, draft Marvin Harrison Jr., and then also draft a quarterback. See, I'm I'm like fully I'm like fully in. I think they're going Caleb Williams one, and then at nine they're going to draft Roma Dunze. Ooh, out of Washington. I think that's a good consolation so, but, prize. But but to AJ's point, it's too much. It's yeah. it's far too it's, much. It's um, even too much to try to get a Dunze. Like you're not you're not. I think getting in the top ten. No, Harrison Junior is considered generational. Neighbors and a Dunze are considered game changers. They are considered coming in day one. They, they all three should have over a thousand yards by the end of their rookie year. Harrison Jr. might have a Jamar Chase-type rookie year. And the other two, they should have, at worst, like Chris Olave, Jordan Addison years. But those two are different breeds. Mind you, Chris Olave is doing that with, you know, Derek Carr, Derek Carr and James, James Winston, Winston and Taysom Hill. Yeah, oh boy, New Orleans, what a time to be there. And they're they're right in the same spot as the Bills. They're actually in a worse cap situation than the Bills, yeah. which is hilarious. But yeah, I, I just like... You look at this wide receiver class, though, and and I'm somebody, I don't think, if the Bills want to trade up, that's fine. They don't need to go to number 10 or even the top 10 to do anything crazy. If you want to trade up from 28 to, like, 20 or, 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 you know, let's not get crazy, 24, you're still going to have guys like Brian Thomas Jr., who's 6'4", 200 pounds, is going to run around the four threes. Great catch radius. Or Troy Franklin out of Oregon, who is going to run in the four threes, is one of the fastest, most explosive players in this draft class. He might even be there at 28. Could they get him? Sorry, and then somebody I'm I'm probably bigger on right now than the consensus. Jalen Polk out of Washington, the second receiver. Yep, he's going to be there just flat out at 28 at this rate. Could they get up to Keon Coleman? I think Keon Coleman's going in the second round. Really? Yeah, I, and I also I don't. I'm early in my process of looking at players. I don't think Keon Coleman fixes anything the Bills have. He does not separate well at all. But you think he's going to fall out of the first? He's ranked in fourth in most drafts. Yeah, that's not going to last. Or they're, fourth, they're, fourth of wide receivers. Yeah, there are going to be other guys that are just better NFL receivers. He doesn't separate. Makes incredible catches. Is a great physical receiver, but he just does not separate. His footwork is not great. He's not a clean route runner. And you've got to be those things coming into you know, the NFL to make an immediate impact. And that's what receivers are doing nowadays. They're coming in and there isn't really a rookie window or a, a rookie wall. They're just coming in and being good right away. We do got to take a quick time out here. Taking your calls, 803-0550. What do you want to see the Bills do this offseason? Where do you think they need to improve as we head into the 2024 NFL offseason? We'll take your calls when we come back. Again, 803-0550 is the number. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt filling in here on the Extra Point Show. And you're listening to WGR. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You know, you want to be efficient. You want to be explosive. It's hard to be both. That being said, however, you need to create explosive plays. If you look at and you study the game, that's... When you look at scoring points, usually a scoring drive has baked into it a, a explosive run or an explosive pass. I understand that, we understand that, and that's part of us moving forward as we look at our roster and we look at player acquisition, something that we need to take a hard look at. Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott there during his end-of-season press conference talking explosive plays and the Bills' lack thereof. Especially towards the end of the season, I think I, I think it was they completed 17 passes on Sunday behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage. I mean, just they were not moving the ball downfield at all. And even when they were able to go deep, uh, Diggs doesn't come down with a catch, and Sherfield I think didn't come down with two of them. It's just they really ran into a big problem skill position wise of just guys not able to make plays near the end of the season. It's just, it it really did catch them by the end that they kind of kept going discount shopping at wide receiver. Again, I was somebody, I was huge in Sherfield and Hardy. I thought they were going to be big-time players. I probably would have made the exact same mistake Bean did. But the problem was they didn't really leave them any kind of backup plan because they had never really gone to the draft for wide receivers. They really, really hadn't. I mean, Josh, we were looking at it. In their past few drafts, 2023 is kind of the first time they had really did all, gone to offense in the first few rounds, Kincaid goes in the first round, then they go Cyrus Torrance in the second, and then in the fifth they go Justin Shorter. But before that, you know, 2022, they draft a running back in round two in James Cook. He's turned out pretty good, more for running game than passing game. I'm, I'm very leery, leery about him being a consistent pass catcher. And then Shakir in the fifth as a wide receiver. And then the ne- and then the draft before that, yeah, you get Spencer Brown and Tommy Doyle in rounds three and five, but the next wide rec- the only receiver you take there, only skill position player you take, is Marquez Stevenson in the sixth round. I think he basically didn't play receiver his rookie year. Mm-hmm. I don't even think he really got on the field all that much. 2020, that's Gabe Davis's year, fourth round. And then 2019, Singletary and Knox. Singletary's not on this roster anymore. And, I mean, Knox, but kind of already feels like that's yeah, have you, in a weird Have you situation. already replaced him? Yeah, that already kind of feels like you're in a weird situation where your better tight end is maybe not going to be able to get playing time or just the fact that you're kind of wasting cap space with having Knox on the team. Another one that we kind of glossed over in 2020, Isaiah Hodgins. And he's gone now too. But H- he's, Hodgins is gone now too. I, I mean, he's also, it's not really like a, oh my God, that's a big loss. No, he, but, he, had, he had a run last year. Yeah. Did not really do much this year at all. He's about a 340-yard guy. But he's also with Daniel Jones. like Well, Daniel Jones and Tyrod <laughs> Taylor, yeah. But there was really no other receivers to throw to, and he still wasn't doing yes, a ton. Yeah. So, right. I, mm, Hodgins, I get why people were upset at the beginning because he was having such a run with the Giants. Mm-hmm. It, he didn't ultimately turn into really anything all that special. A solid player, but nothing great. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Walter in Toronto on the line. Walter, how are we doing this morning? Hey, gentlemen. Good to hear from you on a Friday. I, I like listening to you guys on Saturday. I uh, I just wanted to comment. I was telling your screener, listening to, to McDermott and Bean the other day, 
it was the most maddening thing, you know. Uh, I, uh, I'm hearing explosive plays, and yet, what's their philosophy been? They've had Josh Allen for six years, arguably the best arm in the league. You want to give this guy the downfield threat. I mean, even Marino had the two marks. And, and I go back to Tariq Hill was on the market. And what did they decide to do? They gave $120 million to an aging you know, pass rusher who had a good Super Bowl because they were that double team Arnold, you know. And then, and then you look at the uh, tight end situation. You know, I, I love Kim Cade, but you pick him up in the first round. Why didn't you give uh, Dawson Knox the big deal? If, you, if you're looking at another tight end, and then they change their philosophy and, and put, them, put the two tight ends in. And, you know, and then Allen's throwing behind the line of scrimmage. This guy's a Ferrari. Give him the downfield threat, starting with Tariq Hill. That's, that, they could have picked him up. I know he's a bit of a head case off the field. Uh, I, I, yeah, Walter, I, I, I get your point. Thanks for the call. They're not getting Hill. They had to trade for him. And it, it, at the time he was being a trade target, the Bills were the Chiefs' biggest rival. Why in God's name would the Chiefs trade him there? It was also a lot. Like the trade. It was a lot, yeah, but like, but they trade him to a Miami team who was kind of ascending, but not really, mm-hmm. or the Jets. Those were the two options right away. They yeah. were not going to trade for Tyreek Hill because the Chiefs would have literally bankrupted them if they even would have picked up the phone. <laughs> that wouldn't happen. In terms of changing philosophy, I agree. A, a lot of this offseason leading into this season and then the season was very awkward. But for the most part, the Bills have been very pass-heavy. They've been very pass-first, mm-hmm. which is why it was always kind of weird that McDermott was a defensive guy but was willing to do that. Now, they lose Dable, and then it kind of shifted and felt a little uncomfortable and that they weren't the same offense. I take a lot of that to they never really replaced a lot of the receivers they lost and Ken Dorsey not being a great offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I think by the time they brought in Joe Brady to make the switch, I think they realized – too late. It was in the middle of the season. They didn't have the personnel to run the offense. They actually really did want to, being pass first. Because, again, they want Allen to run less. I think they just want him to be a guy that could run when he needed to, but would throw from the pocket often. They still want to be pass first. Again, Mahomes doesn't run too much at all either. He runs when he has to. And when he does, it ends up being you know very, very effective for Kansas City. I think that's ultimately what they wanted. It's not what they got, and a lot of it is due, I think, to the personnel. They just whiffed really bad on free agent classes. And now, as you've heard, I mean, Bean was pretty open about it. They can't just throw $2 million at the guy and go, oh, I hope he works out. (laughs) He has to hit. They don't have the cap space anymore, which is why, as well, you heard Bean talking about how rookies are probably going to have to play a major factor now. That was music to my ears, Josh. Because as much as I've loved the veterans, you're seeing rookies hit right away now. College football and NFL football have never been more in sync than they are now in terms of being able to make that transition. And you saw, I mean, you saw how good it worked for teams like Detroit, where they brought in Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, and Jack Campbell. All three of them have played massive roles on Detroit, being 12-5, and five, and really should have been 13-4, by the way, mm-hmm. and going to the NFC Championship. They've played massive roles. Hearing McDermott get almost giddy talking about his two offensive rookies in Kincaid and Osiris Torrance and how well they played does give me hope. They're learning, albeit slowly, but they are learning that you can trust the rookies. Now, with that being said, they're going to have to anyways. They're losing a ton of their depth pieces and, and, and older pieces that they had for years to kind of rely on. 
A lot of those guys are gone. They're going to have to rely on them. And we're getting, we're getting closer with Diggs as well. I don't know what happened with Diggs, but the fact that Bean didn't outright say that he had an injury or anything like that and instead went to defending him and kind of saying, like, in his mind he's still a one and, and you know, they're going to go back to the film room, that concerned me in terms of Diggs' longevity here. That concerned me, which means, like, you have to nail this. You have to go back to that well. Because I do agree with Walter. Allen's a Ferrari. Get him downfield weapons. Have him throwing deep. Yes, you want your, your, your safety blankets, the Khalil Shakirs of the world, the Dalton Kincaids of the world. I think that's perfect. But you need those outside threats. What has still made Kansas City so lethal is that Travis Kelsey is still, not as often, but still the best receiving tight end of all time. That is what allowed them to, to beat the Bills on Sunday. Also, you know, what was it? Marquez Valdez Scantling making like one of his better catches of his career, even though he has drop <laughs> issues all year. That was wonderful. But they still had that guy. The Bills' guy didn't show up. He didn't make the big catch. Mm-hmm. There was eight minutes left in the game. I don't want to make it sound like that was like the end all be all. Yeah, but, but had he made that catch, but also had Sherfield made two catches. Mm-hmm. Like the, the dynamic of the game changes. Yeah, exactly. And, but and you didn't have those guys. The one thing I want to say about Brandon Bean in in, in his defense. He knows how to draft late round. Like he knows how to let draft in late. Out of the draft. park. Out of the park. Like Dane. I'm looking. I'm looking at you know 2020 forward seventh round pick Dane Jackson is probably one of the more important pieces of the Bills secondary mm-hmm. when especially when guys are hurt. Then you go to the next year. That one wasn't as great, but you still get great value out of Spencer Brown in the third round. Mm-hmm. So you have something there. I mean, Terrell Bernard in the third round. Yep, you Kalish go to 2022. Christian Kalish Benford Kier. in the sixth. Even Baylor Spector, he played a role. Baylor Spector still on the roster. I mean, yeah. like, as a seventh round pick, him just still being on the roster is a big move for them as well. And you go back to this last year, Dorian Williams and Osiris Torrance and Justin Shorter. I mean, sure, you don't really know what you're going to get out of Justin Shorter yet because he hasn't played any any games. And Dorian Williams had his little. Spot, I wish I wish we saw more of him. I, I do too. But Osiris Torrance has been fantastic for the offensive line. Mm-hmm. He was probably one of the better pieces on that offensive line. Kind of helped Spencer Brown become what he was his rookie year. Spencer yeah. Brown has been struggling since his rookie year, partially because of an injury. But now you have Osiris Torrance coming all of a sudden on his left. And, oh, look, the Bills offensive line stayed together all season. It was good. And they barely let Allen get sacked. How many times has Allen sacked this year? Like what? I was not. Four? He was not sacked very much. Like, yeah, he maybe, was maybe the lowest in the league. I, I, I don't. But I mean, I, like that was the thing. That was a big part of their success. Also, running the ball was they had the same offensive line all year, and they're going to try to keep it going this year. I, I know Mitch Morris initially was kind of thought to be maybe a guy that was going to retire. Or maybe they cut him to save money. It sounds like they want to bring him back for that last year on his contract. Maybe extend him another year to kind of you know spread out the cap. But they want to keep that together. It's. That has been one of the, the shining moments of this Bills season throughout the season was that the O-line was very good and stayed together all year. Real, real quick, Allen, Allen was sacked 24 times. 24 times. That's so, still uh, one of four, the lower numbers. Four, four was a very aggressive number yeah. for me. I did not actually mean four times. I was just throwing out a low number because it felt low. But it felt com- right. Last year, he was sacked 33 times. Yeah. So, and, and like, you look back, you know, this is the lowest number of sacks against him in a season. In 24. In 2019, he was sacked 38 times. Big part of that was he had the same offensive line, and they were all working together, and they were all good. This was Deion Dawkins' best year as a pro. Yeah. He finally looked like he was back to being the guy that was in 2019. I mean, he he dealt a pretty bad sickness in 2020, and now it finally is like, all right, he's not dealing with injuries, not dealing with anything. Boom, this is the guy. Deion Dawkins looked very, very good. 
Let's go back to the phones before we take our next time out. Let's go to Jerry in Kenmore. Jerry, how are we doing today? Hey, good morning, guys, or afternoon, or whatever it is. Huh? Um, yeah, one of the things I'm not sold on is I get that we think James Cook is an upgrade. You know who else had good years? Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Running the ball is about commitment, scheme, and less about personnel than any position in the league, unless you have CMC or Jamar Gibbs. Um, the receiver core is the is – the, try to think of a receiver core that we wouldn't trade our entire core for in the league. We are in the bottom 20% for sure, and the aging digs doesn't help. Think about the crew that was here before and how they were veterans and Sanders and Beasley and Brown. And you added these pieces that bad teams and the Saints and the Dolphins didn't want and thought they were going to work out. That's not how you build a team. And it's easy to flip. Think about what Green Bay has done. They have yes. four very good homegrown mm-hmm. wide receivers now and two very good homegrown tight ends. And they did it in two years because – Supposedly, the, 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 the reason Rodgers left is they weren't giving him weapons. Is there a bigger upside offensively than the Green Bay Packers right now? Oh, I, maybe even team-wise, Jerry. I mean, like, like and, and thanks for the call. Green Bay, I, that is a perfect example, and he's right. They did it in two years, and Josh, they barely drafted guys in the first round. They're not even doing necessarily what I want, which is to go get a big guy in the first round. They've just drafted everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jaden Reed and... Christian Watson, both second-round picks, and they were both big factors this year. And, Jay- and Watson, we didn't even get to see a full like compliment because he was yeah. injured much of the year, right? And even even a guy, Dontavian Wicks, Romeo Dobbs, Romeo Dobbs, Dontavian I mean, Wicks is a fifth-round rookie, and he has four touchdowns, five hundred eighty-one yards, and thirty-nine receptions this year. What Green Bay decided to do, and I think it's absolutely brilliant, is just go get good wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I don't care what their measurables necessarily are. Are they fast? Can they separate? Are they willing to work? And now it has made Green Bay, I think, one of the most dangerous young teams in all of football. They didn't think they were going to make the playoffs this year, Josh. That's why they traded Rasul Douglas to the Bills. They thought they were done. Which, and then to be honest, Love, it's hilarious. It, it's funny. <laughs> Objectively, it's funny now. But like, but then a switch flipped in Love's mind. Because I, I don't know how much you watched of him this year. He mm-hmm. had a good, solid game, I think, week one and two. Had a rough stretch there. And then the middle of the year on... Dynamite! You can literally see it. When Dynamite! You, when you look at his stats, mm-hmm. you can you can see what what happened because you're going from, you know, 150 yards, 182, 180, barely cracking 200, yep. not getting over 250, and then all of a sudden around, let's see, like mid November, you start to see him creep up towards 300. Then you see a 300 yard game. He has one interception from November 19th to the end of the season, and it was against the Giants in a loss. Is one interception in that in that span, but also in that span, he's got like fifteen touchdowns. He had eighteen. Eighteen. He had eighteen. Wow. Eighteen and one, and along with that, throughout like the last like three months of the season, he had a different leading receiver each each month. It was absurd what Green Bay was each doing. Each month or each game? Each month. Oh, they had okay. a leading receiver different for each month of the final three months of the season. It was absurd what they were doing. And it, it, to me, it showed how good Matt LaFleur is as a head coach. I want to talk a little bit more on that strategy after a quick timeout. If you want to join us and give your thoughts on what you want to see the Bills do this offseason, you can do so at 803-0550. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt filling in here on the Extra Point Show, and you're listening to WGR.
Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt hanging out with you here on a, I mean, I guess it's a football Friday. Stop. I, the football no. season is still technically going around the rest no, of the No, it's not. What are you talking about? The, For four teams. It ended on Sunday. That's fair. That's the fair. Super Bowl has been canceled. It is, it is jarring how, Just like. Just kidding. It's, it's not actually. It is jarring, though, man. <laughs> like, how fast, like, you're like, yeah, let's go. We're going. And, okay, it's, it's on to hockey. Yeah, it's on to Oh, gosh. I guess it's on the hockey. Not even really, because the series is about to go on a break for the All-Star break. That's right. So you can't even watch hockey. No, you're right. Hey, it's, it's on to Formula One. Masters of the Air. Oh, that's That came out today on Apple out. TV. Apple I'm TV. very excited to watch that when I get home. i got to check that out. Josh, I brought this up with you before we started today, and, I, and, and this is a perfect amount of time, so we do not have much time before we got to take our next time out. But I want to talk about, real quick, Formula One. It was announced today the 2024 team launches, where teams will show off their new livery, just the look of the car and, and all that I jazz. I saw McLaren's. It looked pretty nice. Mc, yeah, McLaren already decided to pop up their new livery, and they're like, but we'll do it officially later, whatever. Um, well, there's been some team name changes. Huh? Wait, what? Team? Like, multiple? It's just one that I kind of want to oh, talk to you about. Okay, I didn't know if there so, was, like... New, I'll, 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 yeah. give you, I'll just give you some of the team launch dates. We have Haas, who has a new team principal, Gunter Steiner, uh, Netflix's own famous from Drive to Survive. He's out at Haas. Uh, they launched theirs on February 2nd. Williams on February 5th. We're going to skip the team we're going to talk about. Uh, Ferrari drops theirs on February 13th. Mercedes on February 14th. Uh, Salba on February 5th. Alpine on February 7th. Aston Martin on 12th, McLaren 14th, and Red Bull on the 15th. The team I want to talk about is Red Bull's junior team, mm-hmm. who was before this AlphaTauri. Yep. They are now Voice Cash App Red Bull after their sponsor. Yeah. They've changed their name to Vice Cash App Red Bull. So there are three sponsors in one? No, no. Vice Cash App is one thing. Oh, see, I'm thinking Vice. Oh, oh, yeah. And then Cash App. And then Red, Red Bull. Bull. No, no. Their, their sponsor is Vice Cash App. And that's the team name. There is not a sport I love and hate more than Formula what? One. What are we doing? And then there also is another name change in there you may have noticed. Uh, Salba is taking over for Alfa Romeo, who is Ferrari's kind of junior team in a oh, sense. Okay. What uh, happened to Alfa Romeo? Is it just not an Alfa Romeo car anymore? Or is I it don't the... think it's an Alfa Romeo car anymore. Okay. But like that was a thing, too, that their name was going to change. Everyone kind of saw that coming. But... Yeah, Vice Cash App Red Bull is the new AlphaTauri. And again, there is not a sport I love and hate more than Formula One preseason testing. Going to get going towards the end of February. First race, March 3rd. How you feeling? I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't, I, I'm so excited for the first four races until Max Verstappen wins all of them. I'm like, all right, see you guys next year. This is fun. <laughs> We're going to take another quick timeout here. Still taking calls, 803-0550. Let us know what you want to see the Bills do this offseason. We're talking a lot of wide receivers, and I don't imagine that's going to stop until April 30th after the draft. Until they draft six of them, I will not stop talking about it. Josh will not be satisfied until there are six new wide receivers on the Bills. They we'll have ten that. picks. We do have ten picks. That is right. That is right. That sounds like six wide receivers to me. It does. We're going to take a quick time out. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you here on the X-Point Show, and you're listening to WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.